This is a Federal News Network podcast. The Coast Guard isn't the only military organization that rescues people domestically. The Air Force Rescue Coordination Center helps out people inland, including Mexico and Canada. It's based out of Tyndall Air Force Base in Florida. And joining me with some recent rescue stories, the center's commander, Lieutenant Colonel Gene Manor. Lieutenant Colonel Manor, good to have you on. Good morning. How are you doing, Tom? All right. I don't think too many people are aware of the Air Force Rescue Coordination Center. What is it and what does it do? Let's start with the big picture here. So uh, we've been around since 1974, but the Air Force Rescue Coordination Center, we, uh, the RCC is an internationally uh, recognized term. And what we do is we provide kind of federal support to civil authorities when they've run out of the capability or means to execute search and rescue. Uh, They can coordinate either through the state or directly to us sometimes, depending on the agreement at hand. And we can provide federal search and rescue services uh, in in order to help save people's lives. And I understand that Northern Command has some sort of state and local duty when called on by governors and so forth. Is it any any way connected to that? So the NORTHCOM commander in the National Search and Rescue Plan is designated as the federal uh, search and rescue coordinator for the Inland 48 and for Alaska. Alaska has its own rescue coordination center, and we're uh, it's called the Alaska Rescue Coordination Center. We're the Air Force Rescue Coordination Center. We coordinate for the lower 48. So that is his uh, authority that he has been given, and we are we execute on that authority. Got it. Okay. And what kind of assets do you have? Actually, we have zero assets. Uh, what we do is we have a Rolodex of rescue assets, of DOD assets throughout the U.S. It's not Air Force specific. Uh, we use the Navy. We've used the Army. It's more of a capability-driven uh, Rolodex that we have. So if a state needs a hoist capability, for example, they don't. Uh, you know, local sheriffs might not have a helicopter, Uh, and they need to do a hoist off of a mountainside, we'll call a local asset. Uh, It could be guard, it could be active duty, it could be reserve, and see if they can uh, help to facilitate that search and or rescue. So So we actually have no assets that are are tagged to us. Got it. So you don't have planes and helicopters and so forth. And uh, I guess my question is what about satellite imagery or satellite search and coordination or satellite communications. Can you provide that? A lot of the work that we do is through 406 beacons. And what that, that uses a, a SAR satellite system. It's called SARSAT. And what that does is if someone has, so an, an ELT an electronic, that's on an aircraft, if that goes off, we'll get a hit through in about three to five minutes, if, and that's at the longest time, uh, of that information. So that satellite system, maybe not imagery, but of location uh, coordinates were allowed, or it really helps to know kind of where ground zero is for that specific incident that might be happening. And so that's the satellite system that we tap into uh, and where we get a lot of our information for most of our, our rescues and or saves. And who do the calls mostly come from? Is it local sheriffs and law enforcement or first responders at the county level, state level, city level? So for each state, uh, we have an MOA and an MOU, so a memorandum of agreement and a memorandum of understanding of how we would execute civil SAR. It's it's very different than when a hurricane comes through. So with those agreements, and each state's a little bit different, usually the state has a state SAR coordinator, and SAR is search and rescue. And uh, sometimes if a a local county sheriff doesn't have the means to do it, they'll call the state. And if the state can't help to coordinate within their own boundaries, so within a state, they have the jurisdiction to execute search and rescue. There's a hierarchy. There's a little bit of a hierarchy because they – 
we can bring a lot of assets to the fight. Uh, and the fight is kind of the wrong word stateside. Um, you know, we actually get to execute the mission. Instead of training for in a wartime environment, we are executing the mission on a daily basis. So that hierarchy is a little bit important because we can't be the first one to call, but we're that kind of break glass function when, hey, when they have no other means to execute a search and rescue, please call us. And that's where we kind of jump in and, and help connect some of the dots. So again, since we don't have assets, we provide, uh, we, we ask units. We can't task anybody. I can't tell someone to go do it, but we can ask units and they really, really, I've never had someone say no because it's real-world training, and they know that is going to help someone's life right now. We're speaking with Lieutenant Colonel Gene Manor, commander of the Air Force Rescue Coordination Center at Tyndall Air Force Base. That must be pretty exciting if you're stranded and the U.S. Air Force comes and picks you up. But what kinds of assets are, you said helicopters, what else might be available on their agreement from from the Air Force? And is it the regular Air Force or is it reserves? Uh, It's anybody, and it's not just Air Force. Uh, The Air Force Rescue Coordination Center kind of has a misleading name. We're really an aeronautical rescue coordination center. So we've used the naval helicopters out of Woodby Island. They do a lot of great work for us. There's a HATS, a high-altitude helicopter team that's in Colorado. Uh, Those are Army. We, uh, and some of them are guards, some of them are Air Force. Some of them are the guard, active duty, and reservists, and uh, so it's it's a it's a breadth of assets. Uh, Civil Air Patrol actually is a we use them quite a bit, and they are they you, the capabilities that they bring to the fight. They all volunteer force, and uh, two of the teams that we actually use quite a bit are they have a self forensics team and a radar forensics team that really help when a local sheriff calls or a local search and rescue, we call them incident commanders, whether who, whoever the, that is in the state executing that search and rescue. And that helps them narrow down a huge search area to a very small like starting point. Hey, start here. This is the last point where this cell phone was pinging. Or this aircraft, this is the last part spot we have it on radar. And they get, I mean, they're within a mile or two usually, and that narrows down that search area quite a bit. So Civil Air Patrol does fantastic things for us uh, that most people don't know about. And any good recent rescue stories, and how did that all work? So we have a couple uh, big ones that we've had lately. That, that Usually search and rescues that make national news, often we're, we were involved in some form or fashion. Uh, we're not the tip of the spear picking someone uh, on a helicopter, but helping to coordinate that is is still very very much an important thing. One of the we had a long range rescue the we work with our sister services as you mentioned earlier uh and with Mexico and Canada and anywhere around the world if we really needed to. But the Coast Guard called us uh about uh, 2 weeks ago and they had a a Mexican fishing vessel uh fish, fishermen had been injured two of them uh two of them quite severely one with a a broken skull or a fractured skull, and the other one had a crushed leg from a crane that had collapsed on their boat. Of course, being 1,200 miles off of Cabo in Mexico, it's, it's tough for any assets to get out there. A couple of days for a, sh- a Coast Guard cutter to get out there. So they reached out to us, and we were able to coordinate with some of our Air Force long-range rescue assets. There's a group out of Davis Monthan called the 563rd Rescue Group. They have PJs, a pararescue men, HC-130s. Um, and uh, HH-60s, and for this one, the HC-130s and the pararescue men flew out 
almost 1,600 miles, did an airdrop and dropped an eight-person team down to the fishing vessel and helped to uh, stabilize and secure those patients until they were able to get to higher care uh, with a, at a Mexican naval facility about two and a half days later. They were on the boat and sailed with them for a while. So those kind of incidents, those long-range ones don't happen very often, but the this, this skill set that the DOD brings, whatever service is there, help to save these two uh, international fishermen's lives. So it's not just people that are doing every day uh, that are in the lower 48, but uh, anyone that really needs help. So we worked with the Coast Guard in that incident. And uh, the other one was there was a, I think it was about a week or so ago, there was a lady who went missing out in California. I think it was California. Uh, her husband had dropped her off at the campsite, went to park his car. Sure. Uh, and then she was missing. And uh, a couple of days later, we were... Uh, able to ride some Hilo assets to help search the area, and even though the Hilo didn't find them, it was it gave that incident commander an added capability to to further that search and provide some help to that family. And she was found. It was fantastic. It's always great news when someone is found. Uh, so those are two kind of recent stories that we've done. I guess in some odd way, when you help out Mexico and a Mexican fisherman who's far offshore. It's sort of good for international relations, too, especially when things are strained with Mexico. It is. Uh, and, you know, and I don't think that one made the news very much. And it, we're not here to brag about what we do. We just want to help save people's lives. Uh, and so incidents like that, uh, partially because, in, good or bad, when someone goes missing, usually people are posting and calling 911. Well, the Mexican fishermen really only had one person to call, and that was that came in the form of the Coast Guard, and they coordinated with us. So there wasn't live media and social media going on and and we're okay with that and you know we our job isn't here to show hey we're the afrcc our job is to help save people's lives and so last year for example in 2018 people probably don't know how busy we are we ran over 10,000 incidents uh we executed almost 933 missions and we saved 550 lives well people will hear about it here Lieutenant Colonel Gene Manor is commander of the Air Force Rescue Coordination Center at Tyndall Air Force Base. Thanks so much for joining me. No problem, Tom. Thank you very much. We'll post this interview along with a link to more information at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. The world is always on, but you shouldn't be. Put junk sleep to bed. During Mattress Firm's Dream Sember Sale, get a king for the price of a queen or a queen for a twin and save up to $700 on Sealy. Only at Mattress Firm. <coughs> Cough and cold season is here. Introducing Ricola Max Throat Care, Ricola's most powerful drop yet. It's the best of Swiss nature wrapped around a powerful liquid menthol center for maximum relief from your worst cough and sore throat. Maximum nature for maximum relief. Try the new Ricola Max now, available in the cold and cough aisle. It's in our nature.